Are you, are you annoyed though, Josh, that people are saying this bloodline storyline is good and then when there's a good storyline in New Japan, there isn't as many people saying that that storyline was a... No, no, not so much. Not so much that people aren't... Because I don't expect New Japan to have anywhere near the viewership that, a, that a AEW or, or WWE has. What I'm, I'm, I don't like is living in these absolutes of it's the best ever or it's the greatest yeah. thing ever. Because what it does is it limits our capacity to want to seek out divergence and looking for other things. If you keep saying this is the thing you need to know and you need to watch this because it's the best, it's the only thing that's good and it's the only great thing going. It's like there's a heap of the world of stories that exist out there. And it's like what Bong Joo-ho said all those years ago when Parasite finally won the best picture. It's like if you can get over the one-inch barrier that is subtitles, you will discover a world of cinema. And that is the thing. It's like understand the barrier of our own ignorance. It's holding people back from engaging in further realizing what they actually may like. And instead, they are, they are sacrificing potential merit and enjoyment to sit through a fucking pitched black match or something to get to something that they think is great but may not necessarily adhere to exactly what their sensibilities are if they didn't get exposed to something else. It's like not being allowed the opportunity to be discovering something. Like that's the best thing for me is discovery. Like you have to seek something that if you find reflects and affirms your belief and understanding. And if you just stick to the one thing, you're going to have this sheltered understanding of who you are potentially in a long form discourse. So I'm not here for this is the best thing ever. It is great. If, if in itself, but it's not the only thing. I They can like that, enjoy that. But when I was a kid, if I only experienced the one thing, I would, wouldn't would have all of these great experiences of finding actual stuff that affirmed what I believe. Like, I just worry for those kids that are coming up that are going to not get the opportunity. It's not that I think people are idiots for engaging in the one thing. I just think that they, I mean, the def, it's literally the definition of ignorance. <laughs> so like... It's like, that's what I think it is. Is I'm not against someone watching something going, that's not for me. Because I watched Royal Rumble and said, that's not for me. But I didn't not watch it out of some like tribalistic view of like, well, I'm going to enjoy New Japan and that's what I'm going to like. And I will watch bits of AW, I'll watch stuff, but I want, if I don't like it, I'll just stop watching it. I don't have to feel like I should have to enjoy everything because that's not how I view it. I don't have to like it because it's just pro wrestling. It's a type of pro wrestling. I choose to like or not like what I choose to not like or not like. But ultimately, I just think that when you have people out there saying that prominent voices saying this is the best thing ever, I just think, are you reflecting? I mean, yeah, are you in? are you just what Dave said, ultimately driving people towards big traffic churners, you know, like go towards the monolith, please head towards the monolith. The more people in the monolith, the better. Um, I'd rather people say, yep, I like this bloodline story. Maybe I'll check out the bullet club is fine storyline that Cody was doing. That is very similar to this and Cody's in WWE. So maybe I'll check that out. Cause this, this, if I like bloodline, I'll probably like that because it's very similar in the long-term story. Like, but no one's going to do that. <laughs> so like, I don't care to to say go check that out, but if but I I would like someone of a major platform to say this is very similar to this story, and if you like this, maybe check that out. That's all. It's like, but it's interest. like uh, that film Don't Look Up, where the whole premise is like you know don't look up because there's an asteroid coming, and then when they finally do, they're like they fucking lied to us. <laughs> yeah. <be> like don't <laughs> don't look over there because there's there's some cool shit over there, and if you do, you'll be a traitor. And then they do, and they go oh, actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> Triple H in the press conference said 
nobody on the planet does like in pro wrestling. No one does spectacle like us. And I said, I tweeted out and then deleted it because like I don't want to get in this discourse. But I said, I agree. And I tweeted with a with an image of from Nope, which is a deconstruction of our fascination with spectacle at, at the cost of our, you know, potential cultural growth. And yeah. that's the truth. Like it's they spectacle is a thing, but in the modern culture, we're so enamored by spectacle. So I agree with them. They're great at it. But I think that it inhibits our potential um, engagement with content that may actually affirm our, our true identity as opposed to us conforming to whatever we think it is and then getting stuck in it. I just, I just. Yeah, because spectacle is only surface. Yeah, that's all it is. And it's great in the sense, but it doesn't, like I said, it's, it's deep in the way they've done their story. But as you mentioned, Red, like I like deep stories that tie into the true nature of the character, the human, the where the, I can't make a disconnect. Cody has built a fan base based entirely on that. A good old school grifter he is. I don't know where, I don't know where he's telling the truth or he's lying. Nobody does. He's lying all the time, I assume. Like, but that's, that's a good worker. And that's the deep story that ties to his family. It ties to his long story. He's telling a long story. They're the type of stories I tend to more engage with because they're not spectacle based. They're based in, beyond the surface there's something that ties to sort of the the condition of that individual that ties to how they shape their character you know did you hear him talking to um ariel hawani after that Mm. sounded very much like give me a belt and i'm going (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean (sighs) give me the belt and then i'm then i'm like i'm retiring i'm done (laughs) yeah he'll find his next work but he, he wants to complete the story that's his whole thing at least there's a story that ties to a motivation of a character that's been long be- before he actually entered the storyline. You know what I'm saying? Like storylines aren't interesting to me. It's character interactions that, that more interest me. Simple as that. The motivations, you know? I would like to see, the, um, you know, I was just thinking before, like the whole thing of Cody comes in as a young guy, gets pushed and then isn't really well received by fans and leaves and comes back years later, only to be beloved by the fans. Yet again, reminds me of Naito. <clears throat> which then makes me chuckle to myself if it is a Naito storyline, he's heading towards WrestleMania and everyone's thinking he's going to win the title. But yeah, at the, at the expense of the story, that's that's, lo- that the, the, that's the long-term story that they've been telling, but people want Semi to wrestle Roman because that's the short-term story that's been told that they really like. And it's yeah. just interesting, isn't it? It's just interesting <laughs> to see that at play. You know? I it's like short-term like. stories. <clears throat> I like short-term stories. I like the quick and the, the dead, and I like the long-term stories. Uh, you know, I don't really like what the WWE has done with anything storyline-wise for a very long time. Uh, I don't even know if I really like what I did like when I did like it. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty brilliant, Red. I think that just means that your tastes are probably changing the older you get. And like, I don't know if I even really liked that when I did like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's uh, it's. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're fucking funny things, really, aren't we? The way we just yeah. <laughs> engage with shit and then go, what do I even fucking like? <laughs> what was I doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought we were done, it's time for fun. <laughs> we are three guys sitting in the Australian heat, listening and watching the wrestling beat. 
Because what is it that we do? We make a wrestling podcast about NJPW. <laughs> Did I nail it? Nailed yeah. it. Ah, Alphabet, you go to hell. Because what I do, you can't repel. Because I like to watch the wrestling. The guys grab each other. It's the best thing. It's inside three ropes and a four-square tier with turnbuckles in the corner. And there's a guy who's going to try and take those turnbuckles down and use them as a weapon. And you might think that he's a comic wrestler, but did you know the guy's a legit shoot fighter? That's right. I'm talking about wrestling. You probably know who I'm talking about. And if you do, <laughs> drop a comment in the link below. <laughs> Welcome to We Work Stiff. My name is The Ravishing Red Rude, and I'll update my nickname eventually because I'm not The Ravishing Red Rude. But uh, I am just red. Simply red. That's red. my new nickname. Simply I am just red. simply red. <laughs> I don't think I'm pretty sure it's not taken. Uh, or maybe, uh, maybe I am atomic red. I am atomic red. Uh, I, or maybe I'm just maybe, maybe you know, I like animals. Maybe I'm just red fox. There we go. They're just all brand new nicknames. It's the big one. It's, it's the big one. The big one. You guys uh, in the in the, the 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 link the link below. Comment what should be my brand new nickname. Uh, never a great never a great option to ask the internet to give me a name. That's a, a dangerous first step there, Red. Uh, and as always, oh, hell, son, joined <laughs> over yonder by the token war pimp himself he is Mumble Bob. What? I said Mumble Bob. What? I said Mumble Bob. What? He is the innovator of hair care, the devastator of people who dare lair to work <laughs> in his hair care studio. He is my bro. He is what? He is Dr. Dave. Bruden, oh, give me a hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's some guy called Josh. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, I'm going to have to let the two of you take it away because um, based off the fan polls uh, during our award show, oh, which we, we may or may not know, I'm going to hand the rail reins over to <laughs> and the rails. Hands <laughs> the rails that you can derail. It's like uh, I'm going to let the two of you take over tonight because clearly that's what everyone wants. Uh, I have to go off on excursion. It's uh, not what we want, Red. We want you to stay. No, no, but it's what our listeners want. And it's I clearly not. It didn't win. No, it's not. And so I'll let you two take it away and uh, let's see if people vote for this episode in next year's Stiffies. That'd be a really big win. The random uh, preview show to <laughs> yeah. like night two of New <laughs> Beginning. The pressure's on, Josh. We're going to have to <laughs> perform. Oh, just quickly, uh, just quickly, how can people uh, get reach out to us, Josh? Uh, they can find us on Twitter, Red, um, at WeWorkStiff. At WeWorkStiff on Twitter is the main show handle. All right, well, enjoy the preview show uh, and and have a, have a good one, boys. And um... Thank you, Red. They classy, stiff Diago. <laughs> there's a there's a Diago out there somewhere that just was like, You're damn right, I will. So it's probably an opportunity to probably have a discussion about some news and some stuff that's happening on this weekend. And I mean, you can preview those matches, and some of those matches are kind of interesting, I guess. But I feel like they're kind of like the start of a lot of stories, and they're pretty obvious, you know, what they're doing in terms of their setup, um, and. A lot of the discussion will be coming off the back of them, more so than before them. Um, I mean, Dave, we're so close to we're so close to the double feature sonata discussion. It's not funny. We we're, we're 
barreling towards it as Sonata is now talking about needing to transform. And mm-hmm. uh, today in Tokyo Sports, Tai Chi is talking about needing to uh, the 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 just four guys. It's going to grow. So these two guys are talking about these two things. It could happen, Dave. If that happens, it's going to be one of the all-time great victory laps. Um, yeah, we've got to figure out a double feature for Sonata, which would be a yeah, yeah, fascinating just discussion for that one. And I think, I think that's what the f- double feature thing can actually serve. It's kind of like this opportunity, and and particularly if you know a story gets to a point and then wants to jump off to a next point, as a way of sort of explaining and rationalizing what's happened so far. You know, like yeah, yeah, and understanding and predicting where it could go. I was kind of thinking a bit about how you would link Sonata to a double feature and like what content would you make a comparison to? And it's a, and it's, it's somewhat a tough one because mm. I feel like, I, I guess it, it, it all depends on how the next phase of the story plays out. Like it does, yeah. Uh, whether he does a, more of a solitary thing or he moves uh, he moves away from Naito how he moves away from Naito mm. will play a factor as well because I've been watching a lot of um or gone back and watched Breaking Bad and mm. really looked at the relationship between Walter White and Jesse Pinkman mm-hmm. and how that dynamic changes over the course of the six seasons I think I'm halfway through the fifth yep um yeah, so I was sort of like thinking about it and how maybe oh, maybe that could, but it all depends on how the, the Sonata story goes. You're right, because, I mean, that's a cool, that is one of the great kind of, you know, I love my dynamics, you know, it's a personal relationship, particularly about men, but like the idea of Jesse Pinkman being the bad guy, but he's not really a bad guy. Yeah. He's seen as socially a bad guy relative to convention, but then as and Walter White being sort of the, the good guy turned bad, broken bad, but then he becomes a legitimately bad guy. And by contrast, you have that nice switch. And that, I mean, it's almost like one of the great double turns, you know, over a slow progression. There's also there's also a switch in their relationship too, whereas, um, uh, you know, Pinkman is for a long period of that, he's subservient mm. to Walter White. And then there is, once they get involved with um, Gus, yeah, that relationship starts to shift back the other way and Pinkman begins to stand up. There is a there is like this weird relationship there where they they kind of they protect each other. Um, but that starts to switch where Jesse no longer sort of works for his respect. He kind of he kind of takes it a bit. Yeah. And that's an interesting dynamic as to what Sonata like I said, Sonata's discussion that we've had, and what he's been what he's been hinting to, which is really interesting in the sense that I saw Ren Narita had that towel and that T-shirt with New Japan, and it was like no creation without destruction. And it was like a New Japan brand, but it had no creation without destruction. I was like, that's a really, like, what's that for? Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And then sonata talked about i have to break what i have to create something like and i was like that's a very similar philosophy he's talking about what is going on with that idea of like yeah i'm not what i need to be i need to destroy what i am to become something new yeah that um i forget what i wrote what what he wrote but that um post that he put on instagram 
and I translated it. Yeah, for his birthday. I have it. Yeah. So Sonata said, I'm going to believe in what I want to accomplish because I want to meet a different me this year. Yeah. That's a kind of telling thing to say, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, something's up. I mean, Tokyo Sports were reporting, you know, maybe he's going to leave LIJ. It became like a... And, you know, once Tokyo Sports start reporting it, it's like, it's like that's the narrative yeah. they want to push. So... It's I want to meet a different me. Is that an interesting idea? And the, the idea is that no, you know, no creation for that destruction. I need to become something new. It's going to become an explicit part. I mean, not only did um Sonata lose obviously at, at um the uh, Noah versus New Japan, but he also took a, a clean pinfall loss to Shota in a tag, you know, and yeah. that was telling. Yeah. And he after that was when he had the discussion about I need that's when he made that sort of statement about I need to change something. When's the Naito Muda match? It's the end of February. Yeah. Feels like that's the that's a telling point, right? Well, yeah, I mean you would you would think so. You'd think so if you if you're if you're um if you're playing that game of like picking yeah, potential turning points in in careers, um, and you know, New Japan's sort of inclination to ref, uh, to touch on people's pasts within their mm. storylines, and like that's a pivotal moment, and you know, it's with the guy that is the leader of the faction that he's in. It's his former mentor. See, we've talked about it, Dave, and I feel like there's a, there's almost two stories happening simultaneously here where the really important news in New Japan is that from January 30, every show will now be cheering and it'll be full capacity. Bushi Road wow. has announced yeah. it, declared it. They have taken the step. Now on, we're back to old crowd rules. Yeah. There's no rules. It's old crowd rules, which means that Naito is all set to do the roll call in the Tokyo Dome in front of a packed Tokyo Dome to finally do the full Naito roll call, you know? In front of everyone. In front of everyone and not have Kenta come and ruin it. But what if, because Naito never gets exactly what he wants, what if Naito fucks over, does his stuff to Mudo, you know, is is disrespectful. Yeah. Naito's doing the call with all the boys there in the ring and he's getting there. He gets to Sonata before he can get finish the call. Sonata fucking says, "No, nah, now I'm yeah. doing it. Like now's the time to jump." And he fucking jumps at him. Like he just says, "That's it." And he he robs Naito of that moment again. You know, like robs yeah. him of that opportunity to get that call because he's being disrespectful. And in in Sire Sonata's mind, he doesn't deserve the right to do it. That's how you. And there's your program. Yeah. And it's like off we go. To me, that's how you pass the torch off of Mudo to Naito getting the beat, beating him, but you also pass the torch to Sonata as the defender of Mudo, mm. you know, and there you go. You got it ready to go. And he has to meet the new me by beating the old him, you know, by beating up the guy that was once his leader, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like that to me makes the most sense. If you want it to be impactful. Yeah. That would be hugely impactful, and people would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> they would remember how hot Kenta got instantly by doing that. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, that would really be, that'd be a big, bold, ballsy move. And I know people are like, oh, New Japan is safe as that. But after that Kiyomiya Okada angle, I think New Japan's booking is willing to, I mean, they're willing to push the boundary of what, um, that was a ballsy move that they did there, you know. So yeah. I think there's big, big decisions and big options are on the table, you know. I think we it's keep an eye on that. The other thing I'm interested in too from a Bullet Club leadership, I know I've been talking about ELP for a bit, I'm interested in, I think, I'm wondering whether it, like Kenta may actually become the leader. I'm kind of starting to feel like Kenta might be the sneaky potential guy. Mm. Just just seeing things and being like, oh, or, or they they get rid of the idea of a leader and just have like Kenta and ELP. Because Kenta and ELP are like basically a tag team now. Yeah. So, and I think they're really good together, you know. So maybe keep that. And just have them together as like the, the guys. I'll be really interested mm. in where that goes because obviously that's still next week's show will preview the big sort of Osaka show, which is the big show. That's the big show. That's yeah. Um, you know, that's Okada, Chingo, that's Jay Hikaloyo, that's that's everything, you know. It'll be it's interesting the leadership thing with Bullet Club, because I don't know like it, it, when you when you see Kenny's shift to becoming Bullet Club leader, kind of like the, uh, the 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 comedy side of things vanished. Yep. And so, if like ELP, and I mean even Kenton now was to become the solitary leader, you would have to assume that unless they change the identity of Bullet Club somewhat, but mm. you'd have to imagine that. They would that sort of element of comedy to to their matches, and that would sort of be phased out, and they, would, and they would have to kick Jay out in some way. Yeah, and have to go serious. Yeah, and go serious. Yeah, uh, but 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 I but I could see the two of them doing something together, and then you could still have that that element. Mm. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure of the J stuff. I'm just not sure what the. I mean, that will be obviously we'll talk about it next week. That will be the big talking point as we head towards it because everyone will be watching with interest in terms of what's next. Is is Jay going to be gone for New Japan Pro Wrestling? That will be the big you know interest going into that match, which will be. I mean, shit, they've made it a high stakes match for Jay White versus Hikaleo third from the top on on a new beginning card. Um, but it'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see how that goes, but I do think... Um, also, um, my pick, if Sonata... I think if Sonata leaves Naito in that fashion um, after the Muda match, I think he wins the New Japan Cup. I could see that, mm. for sure. I could see that, because because that will be at Sakura Genesis, that title defence. Um, I'm inter- I'm very interested. It's the first time I'm going back to Secure Genesis. So I if, if, the hard part this year, Dave, the hard part this year is there's so many guys that you can kind of see that are in line for the push. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, too. I mean, you look at the, the – I was thinking about this during the week too. It's like the, the Tai Chi-Will Osprey match. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, are you, are you going to give him the push? Are you going to – have him snapping at the heels of the main eventers. He's over. Like if there's a time to do it, it would now not be the time. They've booked him 
in his hometown. This is his hometown for yeah. the first time in three years since he's been really molten over where they can cheer. So they're going to be able to cheer in his hometown versus Will Ospreay. Mm. It is going to be incredible. And Ospreay will play he'll heal. heal. Yeah, he will yep. heal it up and he will vish, like he will lay his shit in and Tai Chi will I mean Tai Chi's been yeah, and Tai Chi's been showing fighting back and they've they've, they've one thing I've liked from the two Corican previews were the two big takeaways were the Osprey Tai Chi interactions were really hot. They were really heated and they were physical and they were violent. And the TMDK versus Chaos stuff is fucking yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So those two things that are happening, a brand new feud and they're over and they're connecting and they're hitting with the crowd. Um, nothing's going to convince me that um, Jonah wasn't supposed to be getting the spot versus Akata because TMDK versus Chaos is the fucking program. Okay. You got, yeah. um, but nonetheless, um, but you look at the like Bishamon versus TMDK is going to be great. That's going to yeah. be fun. Um, and Fujita working with with Zach has oh, been, yeah, it's been great. so good, yeah. so good to see teaching him in the ring. Like and we called that, we were hoping that that would be the case that you'd get a glimpse of that and then and then they've just kind of built off that uh, yeah in the coming weeks and and you're starting to see his progression and uh, like it will lead to when at some point he's gonna like i feel like at some point that young boy is gonna beat an actual non-young boy wrestler yeah, in, like yeah. A, in an eight man or something and it's gonna be get a fucking monumental pop and all the boys will get around him and carry him off and it'll be... I actually think that there's potential there then down the track that they'll turn Oiwa bad because of it because he felt rejected. He fucking hates Vegeta. He's... And, he, and he could like he could end up going to someone like Jay or... Yeah. Some bad... Yeah, I think you're right. I think you could say like these fucking guys. And I'm, I'm very curious by faction alignment is going to be a story we're seeing. As I said, you look at the the upcoming matches, you know, you've got some really interesting, like, as you said, the Naito Shota story is a classic story. You know, and it's a good spot for Naito to be because Naito's like, what about, you want to talk about having kind of like a polar opposite month in February. <laughs> He's like wrestling Shota Umino at the beginning and wrestling Keiji Muto at the end. Yeah, um, You couldn't get further on the spectrum of where the wrestlers are in their careers. Um, but Obviously, um, I don't necessarily think that Naito is going to potentially lose to Shota here, but I do think the story is going to be a lot about Shota getting Naito's respect, you know, and mm. um, developing. Uh, I just think more, I mean, look, we said it, what, four or five years ago, we knew that he was, that Umino was the one, right? Like it was, it's pretty clear at that stage. And what's scary is, you know, I think that, that, that class of him, Suj, Narita, and Uemura, mm. I, I honestly, that's the, if anyone does any better than that class coming back, I would be very surprised. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, um, we have those sort of, that that match sort of will be a great match. And I think it will be, but as you mentioned, Taichi versus Osprey feels like it's the one where it's like, Akar's going to need another challenger soon, you know, and someone at the main event level, do you do you beat Will again? Do you how do you how do you get because someone's got to like Tai Chi if he wins, he has every right to potentially, you know, 
fucking claim. Yeah, and that's okay. Like if 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 because Will's come out and said I'm giving myself a year. Mm. I mean, you want to raise the stakes for that year, right? So to have an early loss. And everybody like, oh, he's not going to be able to do it. No, he's yeah, he's not going to make it. And then do that kind of like late night run, heading into the G one. Yeah, heading into the G one, and then have a maybe probably win the G one. I think he's the lay down Mazer lock of all mm-hmm. locks to win the G one. Yeah, um, I think his story is win the G one and beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, mm-hmm. and beat Kenny Omega somewhere along the way. Now, if you were doing it great, you would put Kenny Omega in the G one. <laughs> that yeah, would be yeah. the that would be the perfect thing. That would be your G one final, and my God, that would go bananas. People would lose their shit for it. I think Kenny's doing the D one. Of course G1. he's not. Of yeah. course he's not. Um, so you'll probably end up him wrestling Kenny at some big Dominion, I reckon. Yeah. Um and that propels him into the G one. That that's yeah. the thing that gets his confidence back. Yeah, that's possible. Other that or Forbidden Door, which could potentially be, yeah, true. You know, as a you know, like the if you did Forbidden Door after G one, that would be ideal. Mm. Um, but in any case, I think that's the progression for Will. So Will, we know Will's a main event. He's a made guy. Tai Chi's the guy that's the the story. He's the real story in that match coming up. He's the guy that you know wrestling in. As I said, he's wrestling in his hometown, semi main in Hokkaido, which is. I mean, I've seen him wrestle there a bunch of times during the clap crowd era, and it's the most molten. They fucking, they love Tai Chi. They were breaking the rules. They love him. Yeah. It will be an unreal environment, and it's potentially his opportunity to have the biggest win of his career and propel himself to the main event. And even if he has a great performance and loses, it will help, I guess, in the story. But yeah, Dude, you know what I want to see? I want to see at the end of the year, Tai Chi versus Osprey being in the conversation for match of the year. That's what yeah. I want more than anything. But doesn't it have the potential for that, Dave? Because if you think about yeah, what Tai Chi does. does, what Tai Chi does the best, what Tai Chi does, I would say up there in the best, probably the best in New Japan, is integrate emotion into his matches. And if he can bring the emotion to that, Will Ospreay is really good dance partner with emotion. He works well with it. He did it last year in RevPro against Michael Oku. He's good at finding a way to really play the heel and play into the person that's feeling, you know, that they're getting besmirched and getting beaten down and getting worn down and fighting against it and trying to beat the big bully. Ospreay knows that role and can play it well. If people get invested and they want, to, it just comes down. If they really want Tai Chi to win, I think the crowd will convince them to. Mm. Then that clo- the clothing stretch will be unreal. <laughs> it will just will. And you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm with you. I think it has that kind of potential. And it it seems nuts, but like Tai Chi's last singles match was five stars. He's coming off a five star Dave Meltzer <laughs> singles match. That's Tai. Chi, that's where Tai Chi lives now. Tai Chi yeah. lives in the Meltzer's. Like Dave Meltzer gave. Tai Chi, five stars. This is the world that we live in. Yeah. So it's, and now he's wrestling Dave's adopted child. Yeah. It's very possible that it's gets a lot of buzz and talked about. And as I said, we are at Tamashi that night. Um, and so I'm hopeful that I'm on Twitter and there's this raving buzz about, you know, you've got to see Tai Chi versus Osprey. Yeah. Yes. I'm, 
excited by that prospect for sure. As I said, the the lead-up Corcoran's the two big stories coming out that I've been most invested in have been Taichi and Osprey's interactions and then Zack Sabre Jr., Tomohiro Ishii and uh, TMDK versus Bishamon stuff. Mm. I mean, and look, Yo versus, like, there's, there's some cards. Yo versus Hiromu. Yo has been doing great work. Like, yeah, these are fresh and interesting new beginning cards. More so than, you know, like, these are two cards that aren't the main card. The Osaka card's the main card. So if you look at these as B shows of the B show, pretty stacked B shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and we've got Tamashi this weekend, and I know people will eventually see it and we'll talk about it, but we're going to the Melbourne show getting to see uh, Robbie Eagles versus Kyle Fletcher, which has the potential to be the best match of that night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anywhere in the world, you know. Um, It'll probably go 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the best 12 minutes you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, because it feels like that's kind of the idea for Tamashi, doesn't it? Model, yeah. But I was interested to see, Dave, I watched uh, PWA uh, Tales from Liberty Hall this weekend. Yeah. Um, and awesome stuff. You know, I really am happy to be sort of invested in watching that and following some of these wrestlers that um, we got to see and meet. Um, when we did our Tamashi tour in Sydney, and I'm really excited about following them in their home promotion. As I was saying on Twitter, um, Liebird Lucci joining Bullet Club. I was like, this is now, this is the world we live in. That's like, yeah, that's what an addition. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, he did a, did a promo about eating sandwiches on his fucking veranda on a farm or something. Yeah, he's trying to steal Jay White's gimmick. He's, he's now yeah. the new farmer of the Bullet Club. Um, <laughs> well, he's the Liebird. Yeah, I was interested in the, it's true. Um, I was interested in the idea of like Farley's rogue army. It feels like, like I said, like they're building little sub brands and building little sub branches, and that's cool. And I, I saw someone criticize saying, you know, how far Bullet Club's fallen, you know, that they're doing this. And Bonza tweeted out, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's terrible that they're finally promoting people that aren't American into this, like, just because we're giving opportunities to Australians that you may not have heard of. And you, that's, it's a fair critique. A lot of people may not have heard of them. But it's one of those situations where it's like, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It's like, okay, well, who is this person and what are they doing? Yeah. It's the beginning of the expansion as well. So I just think that's a PWA show that they're shooting a Bullet Club angle on. Yeah. So that's an encu- for me, it's encouraging because it's like it's bringing potential eyes. You don't want to miss a PWA show if you're a New Japan fan because something might happen. Mm. So you can be rewarded as a New Japan fan. I was watching it just watching it because I was interested in seeing Robbie versus Paris de Silva. Um, I thought that was going to be good from the velocities, and it was good. Um, and I just wanted to see a couple of the guys that I'd seen at the Tamashi show. And I was interested, I was curious, because like Liebert Lucci's working the Melbourne show, wrestling the MCW champion. And I was like, that's interesting that he's working the Melbourne show, you know, when he's the PWA guy from Sydney. It's like, oh, now I see why. Yeah. Um, he's he's a Tamashi guy. You know, and it looks like they're going to have some guys that are going to be Tamashi guys. So that's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Which is cool. Seems like, um, you know, Villa Low Boys, a couple of those uh, Kiwi Dojo Boys, Farley Dojo Boys, yeah, uh, are going to be on those tours a bit as well. Um, but like people are like, oh, there's not the Japanese talent. It's like, it's the oceanic talent though. Like Tanare is coming back. Kyle Fletcher, like, yes, would I like to see Jap- New Japan Pro, Japanese pro wrestling, pro wrestlers come? Yeah, of course. Kenta was awesome to see. Yeah. And even. Ishimori as well, yeah. Yeah, but I'm happy I could say I saw the you know the legend of Kenta in the yeah. flesh, you know. 
Um, but the thing about it is like, this is a good, like the card that we have in Melbourne is a good wrestling card. Like it's just a yeah. good pro wrestling card. And the top end matches are like, these are guys that are going to represent Oceania in New Japan and they can come back here and be featured, you know, like, and Slex is on the card. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Slex has returned. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what he's doing with Noah, but he might be, you know, no, maybe he'll do, maybe he'll fucking shoot an angle for Noah. He'll just be like, I'm fucking Noah guy here. I would like to see eventually, then, if that's the case, like a Tamashi belt. I feel like that's, I feel like you're right. I agree. And maybe the winner of the Wagga tournament will be yeah. the Oceanic Cup, might be something where they, where they actually do that. This week, we also got the news about New, New Japan Strong's re jigging. People have been waiting for a while about what's ha- going to happen to New Japan Strong. Um, and the uh, Abari's been talking about it, and everyone's been curious. So, what New Japan Strong has announced that it's going to do is moving forward, they're not going to do TV tapings anymore, like they're making a TV show. Mm. What the model they're moving towards is, is they're going to do the big show, like they're doing with Battle in the Valley, the big show, as a pay-per-view. So it's live, pay-per-view, American, big show, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they're going to cut that show up into like parts, so like have matches from it, and those matches will be released weekly as part of the New Japan Strong On Demand weekly show, which okay. is kind of what they do for Access at the moment. But what they're going to call all US-based New Japan events are all going to be called New Japan Strong events. Right. So every US-based event is New Japan Strong, but they'll get the top-end talent, big shows, um, like Battle in the Valley, which is a fucking stacked show. Yeah. And if you if you want to pay and want to see it live, you can do that. But if you don't want to pay for the pay-per-view, you can still watch it as the matches are released each week on New Japan World. So that's the model they're going for which means the old model of strong where they're bringing up young talent and doing that sort of stuff is going away. Mm. It lasted for three years. It, it did a good job. It, it, I think it developed a lot of the people that are now, you know, some guys that are going to become, you know, guys that work in the US, but rather than have a bunch of guys that perhaps are on the undercards, they don't need that. Yeah. So Tamashi feels like it's going to be the next two or three years is going to be what strong was for the last two or three years, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then eventually Tamashi will get to that point where it can be like its own sort of big, they do they do six events a year in yeah. Australia, you know? And then they make, I feel like that's where it'll eventually head, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. Yeah. And they'll what they'll find is maybe six or seven or eight guys that are going to be guys that can be faces of that brand down here. I know people are upset about New Japan charging for pay-per-views on their service, um, I get that, but ultimately they're, I mean, look, you're paying what, 10 bucks a month for New Japan. You get the G1 for 10 bucks a month. You get Wrestle Kingdom for 10 bucks a month. Um, unfortunately they're businesses and they can see a way to, you know, monetize that for new content. That's, that's not traditional content. Mm. Um, I mean, that's, what's going to happen. I know that over in Wrestle Universe, that DDT is charging for pay-per-views and Noah's doing these Mudo shows, the pay-per-views. It's all-star festivals pay-per-view, but I understand why they are the way they are. An all-star festival with a bunch of different promotions coming together. Um, it's a special event that's they've got to find ways to generate revenue for other partners, you know, like you don't want to take a loss on that potentially. Uh, although that that Corican All-Star Junior event sold out instantly. <laughs> instantly. Yeah, I bet. Um, so 
I mean, I bought the the ticket and we're going to the you and I, Dave, are going to the Melbourne show on Saturday. For listeners that are in the Melbourne area, that uh, I think there's only standing room tickets left um, for that show. I think it'll, it will be it will be a sellout. Uh, come up and say hello to us. We'll be there, front row. I don't know how they're going to do front row. I think it's a big area. Front row might be <laughs> like sitting on the ring apron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be in the ring. Um, it'll be around like PWG shows with our hands on the on the on the apron. Yeah, uh, it will be interesting to see how they how they do that. But we will be in the building. You'll be able to find us in the building somewhere. Um, so feel free to come up and say hello, get a photo. Uh, you know, we'll be doing eight by tens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're in the meat street. <laughs> we're seeing slowly where Tamashi can go. I think that's going to be exciting. I, I agree with you. I think a belt makes the most sense. I think a representative for the New Japan of Oceania brand is a good thing to have. Someone that could potentially go off into the into a G one or a special super junior or something and carrying a carrying a belt like that. I think it would be really cool. I think the integration of PWA is good to begin with because. I'd love for someone like Robbie to win a PWA heavyweight title and be able to carry that onto New Japan Pro Wrestling Television. You know, like yeah. that idea of they they promote that as something because they're a partner. So I think that's a possibility as well and drive interest back to PWA. I said I really enjoyed the, the show on the weekend from PWA Black Label and uh, Big Fudge on commentary for the entire thing was great. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, nonetheless, I'm uh, excited by the potential for integration there. Um, but I am also disappointed because I was really excited for the Tai Chi Osprey match. I'm like, it's the same fucking night. And I'm like, yeah. shit. Because um, I just think that experience of watching that live is going to be special. How are we going to watch that? As you watch Josh in the front row at Tamashi watching it on his we phone. We need to watch that that night somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll find a way to watch it that night. Um, yeah, after about 18 beers and we're in the fucking hotel lobby watching, tai- <laughs> <laughs> watching Osprey versus Tai Chi. Yeah. Uh, Getting incredibly emotional. Imagine if he won. My God, we'd lose our shit. As I said, I think it's an interesting time when New Japan finds itself. It's, it's that time of year, you know, I think that post Wrestle Kingdom waiting for the next thing to, to sort of to hit. I mean, the obvious story is the Kiyomiya Akata. When is Kiyomiya going to strike? Because Kiyomiya, Dave, you want to know what I really like? There's been stories of people getting like Kiyomiya is getting like threats on Twitter and stuff from fans. It's great. Kayfabe is real calling him unprofessional and all this sort of shit. It's great. <laughs> um, and like, I saw someone on YouTube, like talking about like an actual got like, it had like 10,000 views of like some wrestler breaking it down saying, well, you know, you see what, what he kept saying, Kaito was like, it's Kaito Kiyomi. It's like, see like what Kaito did here was he gave him a, a, a potato like here. And then a card is meant to give him a receipt, but the card goes overboard. And he's talking about like, it's they're actually go like, he's trying to break down the inside of pro wrestling, but also clearly getting worked. It's fucking hilarious. You know, what wrestler was that? I don't know. Some guy on YouTube. I, I, I don't think a very bright one um, because he was ultimately like, he went overboard here. Okada. So it's like, it's clearly, I mean, we all know it's a fucking work, but hear me has said like, I'm gonna convince him to to do the match. It's like it's like okay, like one of these yeah, nights. Yeah. How are you gonna do that? Yeah. Let's how see. are you gonna do that, sir? And yeah. um, and Okada's. I say Okada's working these these cards, obviously. Um, and he's in multi man matches uh, opposite Naito's uh, Lij faction. So I just feel like I feel like one of these nights there's something's gonna happen. And the crazy thing is, is that Okada is booked to wrestle. Shingo 
it's I think it's going to happen in Osaka, and we'll get to it next week when we do the preview. But in Osaka on the eleventh at Edeon Arena, Shingo versus uh, Okada. The next night, Kiyomiya is wrestling Jack Morris in Noah in the same building. Mm. They're back to back building, same same building, same like same place over two nights. I feel like Kiyomiya comes and says hello to Okada night one. Okada comes and says hello to Kiyomiya night two. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. And true, true invasion. Yeah, yeah. As they like, and you could do a, you could do a great thing because no one expects Okada to lose to Shingo, right? No one's really expecting it. Nah, it's kind of a shitty spot for a Shingo, really, isn't it? But if Kiyomiya jumps. Akata before the match, once Akata's walking out, Kiyomiya jumps him. Now we can start to build a bit of like, at least in the match, like a weakened Okada's going in against Shingo. It's like, yeah, because that was the story they were telling um, about Shingo beating Okada, that he beat him compromised. You know, yeah. He wasn't 100%. Yep. In the yeah. same building. Maybe he'll be compromised mentally as well. Yeah. Yeah, if he's compromised again, then it opens up the and everyone will think Shingo did this last time. He's yeah. hurt after Kiyomiya just assaulted him. Maybe, maybe he can get him. And Shingo's got Okada's number in a bit, a bit in that space. Mm. So that was for the title. It was stunning when it happened. I, again, imagine that. Imagine we got a, we got a Shingo double champ with the fucking KFBW, the joke, the joke belt, and the big belt. <laughs> It would be a stunning combination. <laughs> but, I mean, look, here's the thing. Okada's Okada. He doesn't need a belt to be considered the ace of the company. No. But if you want him to lose to Kiyomiya, do you want it, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he's going to wrestle Kiyomiya, if he hasn't got the belt, then it makes the politics a lot easier. Yeah. But then if he loses because Kiyomiya costs him, then doesn't he go off and cost Kiyomiya the belt? Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the classic Western version of how they'd book this. They both cost each other the world title. Now they got to defend, they got to beat each other up for it. Yeah. Um, But the doubt is all they need. They just need the doubt that they might lose. Um, And yeah, for Shingo, you know, it's a tough spot, but Shingo's earned the right to be there. He beat Nakajima. Who's Nakajima wrestling next? <laughs> yeah, I know. Can this can this be a New Japan podcast and Nakajima podcast? <laughs> yes. I can love that. Dude. Yes. Uh, speaking of working stiff, and yeah. no one works stiffer than Nakajima, the girthiest of all boys. Um, <laughs> he he's interesting because he's wrestling in that Muto card. He's wrestling in a six man against Kento Miyahara, and from all Japan, and apparently, I don't know much of the story, but apparently those two are legit rival. Like, I mean, they hate each other. Like, hate, awesome. hate. Like, some, like, it goes back years hate. and years and years. And when that match was announced, people were like, there's no way they're doing this. And the whole build has been Nakajima. Uh, every time they ask him about Kento Miyahara, him saying, there's no beef. There's no, what are you talking about? There's no <laughs> thing. That's not a, my rival. That's not a thing. Just completely no selling it with a big grin on his face and it's like so that Mudo show is going to be a fucking all-timer he's just one of those characters that I just think I don't know so much of it appeals to me I love that like no, no there's nothing there like just playing it off I think <laughs> yeah. that's perfect well you clearly know there is and well the best thing I can say about um Nakajima that I I find fascinating is he could only exist in pro wrestling I mean, they tend to be the characters like that I like. I mean, 
Tachi only exists in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, they definitely tend to be the guys that I um, lean into. Yeah, you gravitate towards those guys. And I also think, like, his name is Katsuhiko Nakajima. It just rolls off the tongue. He sounds like a badass. He sounds looks like, like a badass. Like, sounds like a, yeah. He just is the guy, and fucking samurai movie or a yakuza movie or something. He's been wrestling since like two thousand and five, and he's thirty four. You know, I mean, like it's kind of crazy just how long his career has been. And um, yeah, I I'm interested in. I mean, Shingo's got it out too. It might be it might be you know three weeks later, but he got the shit beat through him. So like he's he could still be selling those ribs. For the next six months, he could do a Matt Jackson with his lower back of those ribs. He could just sell those for the rest of the year because mm. they got destroyed. Um, but it does feel like you know this tour is interesting. This this direction is interesting. I'm keep that, that Osaka show is going to be a big show. That's a big show. We're not there yet. Obviously, we've got still got these cards this week. And I, as I said, I think there'll be some progression. I think the the Taichi Osprey match is the one that stands out for me. Obviously, for domestic fans. Um, I think the rise of Shota is a real thing. I think he is proving that he is the next, like he's going to be a merch mover. He's going to be very popular. And it's the women, his female fans love him. Like you're just looking in the crowd and he just got, he's just the guy for, and I can understand why. He's a dreamboat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a dreamboat. He's got good Dax, got a cool look. The jacket thing is fun. The, you know the fact that he's sort of taken on Moxley stuff with Naito. Yeah, yeah. It's Naito yeah. Moxley combined. Yeah, Naito Moxley and Tana's dash. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's got like the weird side with the fluffy thing, like Naito of the long jacket. The Moxley he carries his Moxley jacket with him everywhere he goes. He still does. He does Moxley's Death Rider. Yeah, yeah. Comes um, out into the in the crowd. The crowd. Yeah. It's a cool. Like it's. I don't have you ever like we talked about legacy sequels and stuff and Shota Umino is such an interesting guy because he's like a pastiche. Like he's mm. like he's like a Tarantino film. Like he's borrowing from like eight sources, you know, like you're not quite and, and then just... making it his own. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he is interesting because like it shouldn't work. <laughs> like it shouldn't like he's got a deaf rider in like fluorescent <laughs> pink and yellow on his thing. And he does like if you were to look at him, you would never imagine that his nickname's Roughneck. <laughs> yeah, it's the Roughneck. <laughs> Just add that for the extra degree of difficulty. It's yeah. like what? Yes, he's he works he works in the mines. Like I don't know, I don't know how they've combined. Like obviously the shooter, I, I still think he's not convinced of the Roughneck because he still has shooter branding over all his gear. Yeah, like, he's yeah. like, yeah, uh, you can have that on the Titantron and shit. That's fine. I have it up there on the video, but. I'll keep the shooter nickname. Thank you very much. Yeah, but like, it is interesting that he he's combined all of those things. Yeah, as you said, he's got this connection, and it's a. I thought about it. Interesting. I've thought about it for a bit about what an interesting decision it was to pair him up with Naito off the get go, because mm-hmm. it's clear that Shota is a babyface, and they want him to be the babyface ace, and Naito's the most beloved character they have. And so when he did that shit to Naito where he fucking death rided him after the match and was giving him the, the doing the eye gimmick over his face, like was dead set, like being very aggressive and very forthright, the crowd reaction was kind of not mixed, but it was like they didn't really know where they were supposed to go, I think, with that. Yeah. You know, like 
Moxley kind of rides that fine line a bit sometimes as well. But isn't that interesting, right, that they would decide that he's clearly the face guy, but to get him over, we're going to put him with Naito. So for me, it feels like I feel like Naito is going to go more aggressive. Mm. That Naito, instead of Shooter going, um, f- f- like going hit, like I think Shooter doesn't have to move from where he is. I think Naito just moves from saying, "Well, you want me to do the face." I think this year of Naito is going to be a little bit more of the. He's going to go more Rudo. He's going to go more to the ungovernable guy. We saw it at the yeah. back end of last year. I think he's heading that way. So everyone thinks it's about Shooter being able to like affirm himself, standing up to Naito. Blah blah. I think it's about Naito beating up the lovable young upstart guy and Naito kind of beating him into submission. Well, yeah, kind of being like, okay, you you want my respect. Well, now now you're going to have to earn it. Yeah, you wanted this, boy. Yeah, yeah, you want this, so here you go. Yeah, Yeah. and just demolishing him, you know, like really humbling him. And because that's New Japan love that. Like that's what they like to do. And I mean, it's not a, a. I mean, he got positioned. He got put in with with Osprey and now Naito. Uh, hmm. You know, and he can he can lose those those matches in Japan and not lose anything because he's the young guy coming back. But he's being positioned with those top guys, so it sort of sets him about to be up there. Exactly, and he's the guy that cost Naito in the G one. Hmm. He like he kept getting beaten and beaten, and then when Naito's got a chance to win the G one. Showed as the one that stops him, and you got a simple story there, and that's good. Mm. But I feel like Naito. This is about Naito more than it's about Shota. Even though everyone thinks it's about the elevation of Shota, I think it's about the shift of Naito and getting him to being a bit more ungovernable. Because as he heads towards Mudo, I think you want him to be that. I think that dynamic will work against Keiji Mudo. You know, and I think too, it sort of propels Naito, you know, like you can do a lot of different shit with Naito if he goes down that path. Like you can have Sonatas, like we talked about a couple of weeks back, you can have Sonatas say, no, I'm not for this and not and not be heel. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Naito can be, you know, the, the naughty one. <laughs> And Sonata's like, I'm not, I'm not having that. Anymore. But doesn't it feel like not, that Sonata's saying, I'm not happy with where I am. I need to be, I need to be, a, I need to be different. Could it almost be like, I'm not happy where I've moved as part of this. I'm not happy with the direction of Lij. Yeah. That who I've become as a result of this, even though he's a good boy, you know, like he doesn't do all the shenanigans. I feel like he's like guilty by association. Yeah. So he's like, I don't like what I've become. I think he's feeling, he's feeling guilty by association. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And and I think that his and like who knows where it goes, but like if you look at Sonata and Shooter together, as like just if it's Sonata's in a short term move, as he's like that, those boys look like they're made to be together. You know, mm-hmm. like the Dax are very similar in terms of their the types of Dax they wear. Um, they both wear similar jackets. I mean, they they kind of could fit together too. So I think Sonata moving away from Naito is going to happen, and it's going to happen probably first quarter this year. It feels like that's where we're headed. Um, we've been we've been tracking it the whole way, and now it feels like it's becoming a legit thing. So, I mean, Sonata watches a bit like fucking bird watching. So oh man, the binoculars out and uh, having a look and going, what's happening there? Oh, Sonata like- watches one of the old timers. It's like. As I said, like it literally started with like a glance 
it's like a glance, like what's going on? I mean, look, see that? yeah, this and and you just knew that Sonata discourse was like catnip to me as soon as you brought that in. Like, I'm thinking, so <laughs> like, oh, yes, finally. Um, it just all it took was me giving up on Sonata in the G1, <laughs> that was all it took. <laughs> and it was like, they heard it, got back. Oh no, Josh has finally given up on Sonata after 10 yeah. years. I better drag him back in, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, and I was like, didn't take much, didn't take much. I saw it, I saw yeah. that. Um, but I think that's a compelling story because it gives Naito multiple people to be working with this year. Yeah. Um, and I think that I know the Western audience may have a, a view of things, but like Sonata is very popular. And yeah. can you imagine if Sonata is actually allowed to be full? Like, like I know everyone wants Kota Ibushi to back. But it's like, just let Sonata be the new Ibushi. Let him be the baby face that they want the crowd want him to be. Mm. He will be, I will guarantee you, he will be as popular as Ibushi from a crowd perspective. They will yeah, fucking yeah. love him. Yeah. And he'll come out of his shell. He can do I everything. Think, I think, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think that's like it's time now for him to step out and, you know, fully blossom into the butterfly that he is because <laughs> he's a beautiful man. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, he's there is an he's endearing, but he's just been sort of subservient, static. so yeah, kind of like he's just not moved for a long time. Let's you know, even since evil left, he hasn't really moved since then at all. No. If anything, he's taken a step back. So, um, and but they made that a conscious part of the story now that he's mm -hmm. not. And he's like, I've become something that I'm not. And I like when he joined, it was when he joined Naito, it was about affirming himself as he stepped out. You know, he joined the ungovernable faction. He helped him win a title. He he was the bad guy. He stepped out to be affirm himself as like this guy that's not going to be under the because Naito's LAJ LAJ at a time and to some extent to now was a bunch of individuals, you know, like these misfits that are all that he would allow them to be who they wanted to be. Yeah, and, they, and they, they retold that story. And they also told the story of, um, you know, Sonata, potentially where he was. He was he was earmarked to be the ace of of uh, all Japan and um, and then chose to come to New Japan. Because he didn't want to follow in Muto's footsteps. He didn't want to be like the Muto guy. That was his thing. Like, I'm just going to be Muto's handpicked guy. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, like New Japan is the place to be. So even if you can't be the ace there, that's where you want to be. Well, he, he was almost saying, I want to be the, I'm not, I'm a big fish, but I would rather swim in the bigger ocean. Yeah. So he backed himself. And that that's, where is that Sonata? Yeah. You know? He hasn't been around for a while. Yeah. It didn't work out. It's like, it did initially, like he he came out, he he affirmed himself as this, um, you know, the guy that was willing to break the rule. I mean, he's the reason Naito won his first title. Like literally yeah. Sonata's the reason. He He's the one that TKO'd Okada. So like, People sort of forget that whole aspect of they blatantly cheated for Naito's first victory, which is why people are like, oh, they shouldn't have given Naito the belt, blah, blah, blah. They should have finally, when he finally won it, but it's like he finally cleanly won it. And the crowd could make the distinction, you know? Um, But they established Sonata then. And as I said, he slowly regressed. And that's been the story. It's like he's just been under Naito and he's let Naito do to him what Muto did to him, you know? Like mm. he needs to be on his own. And at least, if not on his own, at least someone where he's on an even. Or like, in a perfect world, he's the senpai. Yeah. He's the older one. 
yeah or or he's he's the guy where you know there's there is legitimately no leader yeah tai chi's group yeah yeah i mean they're the options you either join tai chi with his ragtag group of misfits that are essentially the the, the fucking communists of mm. new japan pro wrestling you know? <laughs> um you either join those group or you join the you know the baby faces and you take someone like Shota under your wing and you become like a a leader in that space until such time as you find your own path. I feel like the Tai Chi gimmick, I feel like that's where he should be, that those boys belong together. But yeah, we will see. We will see where that story goes. But it's interesting. Like it feels like like a guy like Despy's an interesting character too. Like I said, like I feel like he's going to be like Hontai. Like he's going to be like in chaos or something. Like he's like this guy that's sort of left and they haven't really established what that faction is. They're just like a bunch of freelancers waiting for something, you know? Like I just be interested to see something feels like something's out there. No, I think there's a lot out there where they're, we're in limbo a little bit because there's this little break before some shit goes yeah and it makes no it makes no real sense but i would kill for him to be in the death riders you know like with mox mm. if mox started a faction el desperado being like the junior of the death riders would be it kind of would make sense like they had they had that uh yeah that death match and you know uh uh despy does a lot of the stuff that moxley you know has, has always wanted to do you know death matches in japan and yep you know, similar attitude. We go yeah, wherever similar, we want. You know, fans of similar guys or look up to or whatever. <laughs> both have both have GCW plus on whatever fight the fight app. Both are subscribers to that. You know, like yeah. yeah but I feel like they're kindred spirits, and I feel like a lot of what Moxley did with his New Japan relationship was, I mean, he ha- kind of handpicks the guys he works with, and he kind of adopts aspects of their game into his game as part of like the, the arching story. If you look at Mox, a lot of his moves he did, he started integrating a cutter after working Osprey. He, he mm. took Suzuki's pile driver. I'm interested to see if there's any Desperado touches in his game. I don't think Mox is doing the splits like Despy somehow. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> that is effortless for that man. Yeah. Um, but if he does a stretch muffler thing, like a, then we might we might go. Yeah, he's sexual, Josh. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, everything sexual when Elder Sparrow is involved, Dave. That is true. Um, but you know, what I'm saying like it just feels like a little bit of limbo with guys looking to find their landing spots. They're kind of like arrows without a target at the moment. Mm. But it feels like the lining up is going to happen, and and when it does, it's going to make sense. You know. Yeah, and Desperado, he's an interesting case. He, for me, I look at him and I'm like. I feel like he's how every wrestler wish. He's like what every wrestler wished they look like as a wrestler. Yeah. Like if I could choose to be a wrestler and look like any other wrestler, it'd be Despy. Yeah, I think he is. I think he's legitimately your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I think he's one of those guys. I think, like in the past, it was like. I mean, I used to be like Hayabusa. Like if I wanted to be, if I wanted to be a wrestler, I want to look like Hayabusa. Yeah, because yeah. that guy looked like fucking a million bucks, you know, like, and the yeah, scars yeah, and the mask and like, yeah, the, the Aladdin Dax were always a bit of a turn off for me, but yeah, yeah, I see what. Look, Dave, we can't. Not everyone can have a cake like fucking Despy either, so that <laughs> like can't be pulling the wagon like El Desperado, but um, but like the aesthetic of like effortless, cool aesthetic that guys could carry, yeah. Um, and I think Despy's not only that, I think he's the most, he's the best at emoting 
emotion with a mask that exists in pro wrestling at the moment. No one can tell you how they're feeling with their face covered like Despy can. But if you think about it, like it's the weirdest gift. Like the it's like he's playing a half Mexican. Like his his kayfabe story is like one of his parents is Mexican, which is but the weird thing is too. You like you look at him move and you're like, yeah, I could imagine that dude's a Mexican. Like he doesn't seem to. He doesn't have a like the cadence of a Japanese guy. Like he moves got, differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, isn't it? I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I can see. Look yeah. at those hips. Surely he's half Mexican. <laughs> look at those hips. Those Latin. Those Latino hips that he's shaking there. <laughs> yeah, he's got, but he has that feel like he's. That it's a, it's a stupidest kayfabe story ever. It's the most gimmicky New Japan kayfabe, but I love a quick, I love a gimmick, man. Yeah, it's a great gimmick, and yeah. it's if you think about like when you think about great New Japan gimmicks, like El Desperado is a great gimmick, mm. and I know that he's obviously there's talk he's a freelancer and he can like that's a lot of the rumors that he's actually not contracted or whatever, um, because that's why he can do what he can do. I know there's a lot of debate in certain corners, people saying. He's not a freelancer because um, New Japan, like why, like, he, he, like people just can't believe that he would be like because of yeah. the promotion of Despy, and people like will believe he's a freelancer when he turns up and wrestles at a show that's not broadcast on like New Japan World. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but he does. He does such risky shit. You're I know. Like, surely, like getting his jaw broken by Junkai and then wrestling the next day, like. <laughs> Surely New Japan's not happy about that, and they're never going to let him do that shit again. And yeah, yet he does it, the next he did it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he has. He may be a freelancer that just I, we don't know. Like he's got some sort of pull somewhere along the yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And but he's in like that's New Japan. I know people don't like it, but I like it because at the end of the day, I I would be happy if all the wrestlers were freelancers. Me too, because they can go where they want. At the end of the day. He was trained by New Japan Pro Wrestling. He went through the dojo system. All of those boys, no matter what they say, where they go, that's who they're loyal to. Like even the boys in WWE talk about their dojo. They, they're New Japan guys for life. Yeah. Oh, it meant the, the um, you know, before the pandemic, the the what I consider my uh, the the golden years of the Indies before AEW was formed. Like you know, not to you know, I'll bring him up, but what I loved about David Starr was his ability to tell different stories through different promotions, doing different mm. things in different spaces. And sometimes those stories with certain wrestlers, like the Walter story, mm. that would go across multiple promotions. And that was so fucking cool, you know? So you could tell one story here and it, it's simultaneously continuing a story somewhere mm. else. I always liked that aspect and I felt like, that got lost in the indies there whenever all you know all the guys got snapped up and then a bunch got cancelled and shit. Yeah, yeah. being one of them. Yeah, exactly. But, but I liked that aspect of it, and I thought that was a really that made the industry so strong and that they were doing that sort of stuff. So I think like guys like Despy and Moxley even being able to do this kind Kenta. of promotional shit, Kenta. Hmm. I think it's fucking so good for the industry. And freelance, I said, I'm, I'm, I mean. Famously, I know Liam uh, from the Super Jcast Discord did a great troll tweet where he tweeted out that because Naito was on Noah's website as like a wrestler, and he said Naito's a freelancer, and it, if people picked it up and believed it, like it's it's like of all people that you, <laughs> of all people to yeah, believe, yeah, you're gonna believe that, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to the ultimate New Japan guy, yeah, the, the most New Japan guys, like, but I but I'm here for that because I think 
you have to trust one new japan can pay them more than anybody else in japan so if you're a desperado yeah i'll go work over here but end the day single date things would be super lucrative for guys yeah suzuki's a freelancer we know this Everyone knows Suzuki's a freelancer and he's going to go off and get paid a shit ton in the US while they're doing the fucking round WrestleMania weekends. Good for him. He can get paid big money just having slap contests or, you know, fucking chop contests in beyond the places, you know? Tana White slap, power slap with Flurry Minora Suzuki. Can you imagine it? (laughs) No, he wouldn't go. It wouldn't be enough money. (laughs) No, he wouldn't be 100%. It doesn't need his fucking rate. It's like I'm not stupid, but the um exactly, but it's I'm as I said I I support that position because ultimately you have to trust in your promotion as the for a guy like El Desperado saying look Despi you can go and work at GCW you can go and work at JTO you can go and work a big Japan if you want you can go do ever you can go work Freedoms and fucking do a death match if you really want, but at the end of the day you know that the the biggest space for you to be able to tell your stories and be able to do what you want to do is going to be with us. And we trust that you'll be back here to do that work. I just think that that I we're going to be able to pay you more and we're going to give you a bigger platform, but mm-hmm. we're not going to inhibit your capacity to want to go get some of that shit out of your system. You know, like I think that's we just reserve the right to hold you for dates. I mean, that's like to me, that's a contract that you'd want. I really like. Yeah, you know, I'm really fascinated to see how this all junior all stars thing that Hiromu is doing plays mm-hmm. out. Mm. Uh, and if that becomes like a yearly thing, I like the idea of like Taka Taichi Despi Mania sort of stuff. Although it won't be those three, won't be that, but probably. Mm. Hopefully, they'll still get Despi on the card sometimes. Just four guys Mania. Just four guys <laughs> Mania. Can you imagine that? Like Taka Taichi Sonata Mania. <laughs> yeah. Let's get it going. Um. Yeah. So just I don't know. Being able to from a and out you know somewhat of an outsider looking in being able to see uh more of the japanese landscape of wrestling and that's what i've enjoyed about signing on to wrestle universe and getting to know a bit more about nor and uh, i haven't watched much ddt yet but i have watched a couple of their bigger cards with um yeah champ guy or gucci or something cool he's got a cool badass sort of aesthetic got a strong head yeah yeah um <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, so if New Japan is allowing some of these guys to come through and do these junior events, it's only going to broaden our understanding of that scene in its entirety. And How great was opening up Glate, you know, and getting to see the guys from Glate? Like Linderman, like he's, I mean, I fell in love instantly and it's like, yeah. This is what they can do because it's and not it, like yeah, even even Noah man like I, I fucking Tedesco yeah. I fucking love that guy he's such a wild lunatic what? he looks like he looks like a long lost guy from the NWA territories <laughs> like, doesn't he just... he's like yeah like he's like Ric Flair you know Ric Flair had did a tour in Japan and, and never knew about one of his sons or something. he's so he's so <laughs> grimy and dirty and greasy he is he's Nate and all his moves are named after 90s rappers like yeah, like yeah. he got the exhibit he's got like he's like it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous but that's a he's a boy yeah and, oh, he's a mega boy and the thing about it is like oh, what I like about it it's not showcase and we're going to stash and we're going to hold you. It's just we'll give you a platform and let you go back to your platform. And hopefully you'll take people back with you. And you're right. Like, I mean, Noah, I mean, I've been, I said, I started watching a bit of Noah during the pandemic and I've stayed with Wrestle Universe because it's a good service and you get good stuff. And 
Um, and and last year it was like a great thing to have because I was watching Kojima matches and Kenta matches, so I was getting to see my New Japan guys too. Yeah. Which is what I wanted all elite wrestling to be was like, okay, you're gonna have a young boy there like Uemura there for a year, you know, and you can showcase him. Instead, he's at Impact. You know, I don't get why. I don't think that partnership is exactly the Western partnerships are, are like. They don't hit the same way that Japanese relationships hit. No. And I'm all for it. So like, yeah, bring on. It adds a level of intrigue. You're not sure where it's going to go. This new Japan of 2023 is so unpredictable. Like at this mm-hmm. point, we're trying to preview stuff. You can't really preview it. You have to sort of wait to see what happens to try to get an idea of where they're going to go. Yeah. You know, where are they going to go? It's it's a bit of suspended animation, but it's it's exciting for the first time in a long time that we don't know where it's necessarily going. The stories, like there's two or three major stories that are happening. We know the Osprey story. That's kind of like, and I think it's fucking clever. I'll give them credit. I think it's so fucking clever. They've got the Osprey story, which is the Western story mm. that everyone can follow and it's going to be playing out across promotions and it's going to be with the big, bright, shiny you know, blockbuster wrestler as yeah. voted for by as the stiff, you know, the we work stiff listeners. Like they know who the, the, the blockbuster guy is. But on the other side, you've got the domestic story happening with the Noah versus New Japan stuff that is playing off on multiple levels. And I don't think it's any surprise that Despy got a main got a singles match on that card. He's the only other guy other than LJ to get a singles match on that card because it's like you're gonna be a featured player in this crossover, bud. Yeah. And I just think that's a great story too. And what I think New Japan won't realize is I think that by the end of the year, people will be as invested in the Noah versus New Japan as they will be the the Osprey versus the world story, you know? Yeah, I think so. And that's that's gonna be great. It's going to, we're in for a great year. I honestly feel like it's we're in for a really compelling, interesting year um, with a true promotional rivalry. Like I said, forbidden. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, what's forbidden dog at these dream matches?" It's like, well, when are we gonna get the next Noah versus New Japan thing? You know, like, yeah. And that's to me. I can think of a different. bunch of matchups that I'd love to see. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And Nakajima versus everyone. <laughs> yeah, but like, there's heaps of guys that didn't put on the list of like. Oh guys, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, you're just interested to see. Fuck kept that Congo faction on its own, seeing any of those guys against anyone. They're mm. great. I love that faction. Yeah. Um, and there's even the kind of like the old, the uh, the other ace guy. I think he's been out injured. Um, yeah, Go Shizaki. I mean, that was the dream match for a long time was like Go Shizaki versus Okada. Like that was yeah. kind of like the ace and or Shizaki versus Tanahashi. Yeah. You know, like ace versus I mean, I- ace. I'm interested to know a bit more about like all Japan stuff as well. So uh, I'm assuming we're going to see them on the Mudo show. The, the top three guys from all Japan are going to be on that Mudo show. Awesome, great. Are they, will they have some guys in the um, All Star Junior thing as well? I'd imagine so. They're part of the they're part of the group. Can you imagine that's going to be crazy? I'm sure you're going to get like Japanese version of Chikara or something. <laughs> of course, yeah. <you> <laughs> yeah. There's some there's some groups in there. There's like three deathmatch promotions that are joining. Like it's oh, like great. <laughs> Like it's and there's some interesting politics. Like Dragon Gates there, and Dragon Gates is like everyone talks about the in ring like high speed greatness of Drake. Like everyone on that roster bar one guy's a junior. <laughs> like yeah. it's that's the that's the promotion. That's what it is. And so like who do they send and what matches do they get? And like Hiromu, we'll find out on the 24th of February. I think I think the cards announced one week before the show. But what they're going to do is they're going to release the names as we build up to it. So there's going to be like releasing who's going to come. Cool. And I just think it's going to be this like 
just a spectacle. Like if you like, it's going to be a boy off high spot <laughs> wrestling. Oh my god, it's going to be a high spot fest. But you're going to find some boys, yeah. and you don't think that people in there are going to be like, I want that guy for best super juniors. Oh yeah, yeah. There's going to be people be like, I want this guy. Um, and, and they'll all be they'll all want to be in it as well. So they'll be doing their craziest shit. Yeah, and it's kind of like who's the guy? Like, what's going to take is. Like if Despy says that guy's the guy, and start, like all of them are going to try to whoever gets in a match with Despy or Hiromu is going to try to fucking kill him because yeah. they want to get they want to get the like what what Lindemann did you know like called out Despy from across the way and Despy called him out and they kept talking shit until such time as Lindemann found his way in the best of Super Juniors and then a Corican main event that sold the place out mm. because people people were invested in that shit. You know, this is going to be the start of best Super Juniors is going to start at that tournament, like at that All Star Festival, and there's going to be some fucking freaks there, like some absolute indie rific. You'd have to imagine that a guy like uh, you. I do wonder if like Wheeler Yuta kind of dropped the ball, or maybe didn't like his time in Japan. But you'd have to wonder if a guy like Garcia is like knocking on Tony Khan's mm. door and going, "Can I just send me to that? Yeah, can I go to that?" Well, Garcia said when he saw that Willow Utah got, I heard him on Talk is Jericho when he said when Willow Utah got the spot, Garcia said, I was pissed. Mm. Was like, I was pissed. And then Jericho's like, oh, well, you know, you were involved in a very hot angle. It sounded like Jericho might have like basically said, no, I can't go. I need him for this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because Garcia, Garcia was the guy, I thought. Like, he was the guy. Um, but yeah, those type of guys that, that would want the seasoning. Just a different, like the different looks. Just yeah, just to yeah. just to get reps, just get interesting yeah. reps. A guy like a hundred percent Garcia be looking at that, and there's a and I don't think certain guys want to take the chance because mm. certain guys there'll be certain people that just I think don't want to get exposed. Yeah. Um. And Willie Uta sort of struggled a bit. He found his way at the very end, but he like, and that's why like Robbie Eagles has been doing that whole story trying to get himself a pure title match because like Robbie. Like Dom, like he looked in that match. It was like Robbie looked every bit the the equal of really you. Like if you were comparing the two, he said, "Which one ah. of these guys is on weekly national television?" You know, yeah, yeah. And and I think that that and but Will is young. Like like he's been in the business a long time, but he's still young in terms of his experiences. Robbie Eagles is an, an old fella. No, he's not. But I, what I mean by <laughs> I'm giving, I'm trying to be nice and and nice to Will for where he was. Um, yeah, he's still developing in terms of his experience because you can work on the indies. But as Garcia said, Utah and those guys were wrestling each other all the time. Yeah, because the independents got sort of burnt up by AEW when they signed up everyone, and then NXT did the same thing. But if you're in Japan, like, look at this All-Star Fest. You'll be wrestling a Dragon Gate guy that's going to be moving at a 1,000 miles an hour. Then you might wrestle a Despy that's going to do, like, a, a Luchador-inspired, like, uh, ground yeah. game. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, even in that uh, New Japan versus Noah thing, the, just that O'Hara, I'd never yeah. seen that dude. They talked about him last week. But, like, he was fucking ace out of yeah. nowhere. Like, this guy's great. You, you, so you get that sort of Different technical style. submission style or you get like yeah. a, a Lindemann's going to suplex the shit out of you. Like, yeah. These are all juniors. They're all guys that work very different styles. And that's... And CMLL's involved too, aren't they? CMLL's so involved. So. Fucking flippy doodah, crazy <laughs> guys. you get like yeah. Soberano Jr. coming in and if Titan's there, he's going to fucking launch himself in a row eight. Yeah. Like, And that's <laughs> the thing. Like, It's going to be... This is a... 
a situation where we're going to get a real great showcase and everyone's upset oh we're getting it's pay-per-view it's like yeah but some events should be pay-per-view <laughs> like yeah. i'm not i'm not supporting a company making money and saying oh uh, charging the fans yes i'd love it to all be on one service but if people buy the pay-per-view they're showing that they care about the thing you know and yeah. um i think a lot of i think domestic audience oh, yeah. a lot will buy it yeah um it's for the freaks over here yeah yeah but I'll be a freak. For yeah, that. I think we've. I think yeah. for for yeah, and Hiromi's booking it. So good God! Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> can, oh, you imagine, can you imagine? What's going to um, be on stage? Like fucking <laughs> alienized everywhere. Some fucking crazy cats. It'll just be the, the arena full of cats. <laughs> It'll be all cats. Daryl's. Daryl bought half the tickets. Just a bunch of Daryls. <laughs> I'm so excited that we're now living in an age where. You talked about the excitement of that independent run that led to the All In, that led to all to AEW, all that sort of stuff. That was an exciting time where wrestling universe seemed to open and anything could pop, anything could happen. Mm. Now it feels like that's happening in Japan, and it's yeah. incredibly exciting because you're getting to discover people every week. Every week, there's a new discovery of some like someone announces a name that's going to be coming along. You're like, okay, I know a little bit about this person. I know, and it's like they're going to help propel this thing or, or new characters or new new re- old wrestlers are getting new coats of paint and they're adapting and changing. It feels like it's this rebirth period. Mm. Even even with uh, Tamashi. Yeah. Yeah. They're willing to put, like, Liebird, Luchi, like, they're willing to put... Yeah. Fucking <laughs> crazy, right? It's like, that's... Yeah, it's like, okay. Uh, we're doing this. <laughs> like, we're doing this. Like, they got fucking gore wrestling at... at um... Yeah. Have you seen any of that, dude? Yeah. yeah. Deathmatch Down Under guys are wrestling on a New Japan card. Like, this is happening. Like, what is yeah. going I've on? Seen, I've seen uh, gore wrestle in, like, there was no ring. It yeah. was in a room. That's <laughs> <laughs> like eight people around him and a bit of a mat on the floor. And that was it. Yeah. Against the chick. Yeah, <laughs> and he was fucking hilarious. Yeah, and that's what's interesting. But he's like a legit shooter, so like, yeah, yeah. he'll fit, dude. Holy shit! Yeah, right. And they're wrestling some young boys. So good god, good god, <laughs> poor fellas. Good luck, yeah, lads. Um, but I know some people are like, oh, we want New Japan to be this pristine everything at the top level. It's like, yeah, New Japan. When you get to the cerulean blue, everyone there is elite of the elite. Right, mm. that's the idea. But the fact that I, what I've always loved about New Japan is they're willing to showcase, they, they don't care about like how they're perceived. It's like, we'll show you this. This is where we're headed. This is authentic. This is their growth. Yeah, yeah. And the truth is there isn't enough full-time spots for all the guys that are at that level because there are that many of them. They're working in other companies and they're at the top of those companies and they're doing stuff just because they're not in New Japan all no. the time. This is an opportunity to... To see them and see how they perform there, and see them grab it, yeah, and yeah. To see guys yeah, come back, see them in in stuff come back later on in the year, yeah. But to see someone develop and like I said, I I just like that New Japan is committed to. I said they're the authentic growth of a character. They're not afraid. Like remember when they used to do those young line showcase matches in like a fucking black warehouse, and you were like watching Kitamura wrestle some like poor fucking guy from the Michinoku Pro Dojo. <laughs> like, yeah, just like, <laughs> but they were like, these are the next generation and we're going to showcase them and we're conservative and we're not worried about or big pomp and circumstance. It's about the characters in the ring. It's about these guys. And that's what I feel like Tamashi is like. It's about the characters in the ring. 
And if you mm. just, if you can get past worrying so much about how this whole presentation is, it to me, it's about this is one presentation of pro wrestling and then it yeah. goes to this one and it goes this one and then eventually it goes to the Tokyo Dome with the brand and no one does that sort of grandeur quite like New Japan does in that space, you know? Because they, because they build to it differently and I think that's what makes it special and I think that's what makes anything special is if you show it week to week to week all the time and then then it's like, it, uh, for me anyway, and how I like to consume stuff, like it, it loses its luster. Like if I'm going to go see a band, I want to see a band in an intimate, in an intimate um, venue that, that still has production. Hmm. I'd much prefer that than a fucking a, Dave, a show. But... Doesn't it feel good though? If you saw that band in an intimate production in a small pub yeah, and then, and you, then, see then you saw them yeah, at an yeah. arena. Yeah. You would you can you can be that pretentious prick for saying yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there when they were fucking playing for 15 people. Yeah. But New Japan allow everyone from around the world to see that growth. Yeah. They're not hiding in the shadows. You were able to watch them wrestle in front of the most fluorescent bingo hall in the history of man, you know, like like they'll put those shows out in a fucking airport hangar. Like they'll put all of those yeah, yeah, random yeah, yeah. shows the out. Of, and... the, the badminton fucking tennis court. Yeah. They did a show in a fucking high school gymnasium. <laughs> and shot angles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are they doing? Near the three point line when yeah, yeah. fucking United Empire nearly had to. Yeah, had see to... the fucking the key. They were playing horse yeah, around Yeah. Key, fucking Hanaro went hard in the paint that night. You know, like yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> but that's. Again, people, and if that's not for you, okay, fair enough. But if New Japan says our characters, our wrestlers, our stories are what the focus are, invest yeah. in them and you'll you'll be right. And then it makes the grandeur of the grand moment so much more important. Well, like we're saying, we're all excited about Tai Chi and Hokkaido because, like, it's his home venue mm. and there'll be a big crowd and they'll be all cheering for him. And it's you're right. It's different to a Tuesday night road to show in middle of whoop whoop in front of a smaller venue. That to me has never been an embarrassing component. It's like, that's mm. what it is. What do you think it is? They're a touring brand. They're out there working and there might be one or two, there might be Tetsuya Naito sitting in the crowd. You yeah. know, like that's the point. They're playing to their fans that are willing to pay and go see it. Like I saw a picture of fucking Naito's dad went to a stardom show in the middle of nowhere. He's a fucking legend. Like that yeah. guy, the fans are getting photos of him. <laughs> like they, they know who he is now. He's a fucking celebrity. Kenta, thank you. And I'm excited about being able to go to a Tamashi event, knowing that one of those guys might eventually make their way to a best super juniors or a thing. And and to be able to say, I mean, I was there when they were first getting their opportunities, they're getting their reps, you know, and that was a guy that I got to invest in, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we first saw him in a in a fucking brewery in Sydney. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. PWA show. Yeah. His name is fucking Big Fudge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big Fudge for the All-Star Junior Festival, please. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. I just think that's good. And everybody's got that opportunity now. You know, that's everyone's always had that opportunity and New Japan showcasing it. So as I said, it makes us feel like a guy that's been able to follow Tai Chi. You know, when someone was following Tai Chi when he's wrestling in all Japan, when they were on their knees or whatever, um, mm. they get that experience. And I think now New Japan's actually cultivated it where they're they've got them all under their own umbrella and they've got them at their at their fingertips, you know, like mm. they've got in relationship with basically everyone. You know, everyone thinks that all elites the one with the forbidden door. It's like New Japan messed around and built the forbidden house. But yeah. they got fucking everyone in there. They got 
They got it's fucking there's rooms galore. They got like four bathrooms in the fucking they got everybody connected. There's that many doors to this place, mm. you know, that I think people have sort of they've done it slow like they do, but it means that they can have on the same night, they've got a show in Melbourne and they've got a show in Hokkaido and both have top end matches at the top end that we are both ex- we're excited to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see what Kyle Fletcher looks like as a singles. Yeah. And you know what's great, Dave? He's on Twitter telling stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Training under them and, you you yeah. know, and then Robbie's saying I could powerbomb you and he's like, well, if that was fucking 15 kilos ago, mate, so good luck powerbombing me now. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it tells the story of Robbie. He's been saying, open weight. Yeah. This is a huge opportunity for him. If he can beat Kyle Fletcher, that puts him in a position to claim an open weight spot. Like, I can wrestle guys. At the ne- And then, you know, a week later, Elfin Tasman is going for that never belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It adds stakes. I feel like it's not just a situation where it's like a never, like it's, oh, he's a junior, he will lose. It's like he's been pushing for the open weight stuff. Hmm. And Fletcher has the out that he's a tag wrestler. Yeah. So it's in it's it's in play. And those boys, I, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I, I think I've said it for a while and I put it on Twitter and people were responding. I think Kyle Fletcher is the second coming of Will Ospreay. Yeah, yeah. And Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles have insane chemistry. And uh-huh. I expect that Fletcher expect will have even better yeah, yeah. Yeah. chemistry because of their connection. So You would imagine so. It's going to be the greatest 12 minutes. Uh, of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe. It may be. I may climax uh, <laughs> down in Thornbury. Bro, it could be embarrassing. Yeah, Look out get ready. <laughs> yes, and bring the mops. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm excited for that match. So, yeah, it's been, yeah, I don't know what this, what this show was, but <laughs> it's like we've just, we've just, Josh and Dave. Talk... Right, we were discussing shit that was coming up. That was the, the yeah. aim, was it? <laughs> yeah, we, Josh and Dave talk about what's coming. Me on Saturday night. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so come look. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, look, we're we're. As I said, I I was really ex- I was happy to hear you know Carter Shorts get on the Super J cast and talk about Tamashi and give people a bit of an understanding about it. Because, uh, but when it comes to Tamashi events, like we're going to be as many as we as we can. You know, I think it's something that as an Australian New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, it feels like Tamashi is made for us. Mm. And if they can just embed some of those, they're, they're telling stories across promotion you know this luchi thing i'm excited yeah. to see what presentation Liebird luchi comes out with a bullet club will he be inspired will there be some subtle yeah, adjustment yeah. to his gear you I know mean, like he's, he did another stroke recently so mate, i mean surely he'll um he said best stroke in the business <laughs> <laughs> um calling back to the other great bullet club member fucking jeff jarrett, jeff from jarrett the- yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was the hint all along. Maybe it was the hint he was dropping he in Tamashi that he wanted to be in Bullet Club. <laughs> we should have known. We, we fucking have. dropped the ball. He Sorry. Was, he was dropping We're, hints I, and we fucking missed it. We Josh. missed it. We missed uh, it. We should have seen it. He's a, he's a layered onion. He's subtle. <laughs> yes, but he's growing on the farm. Uh, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was good. That he was fun, Dave. That had, that had made sense after. Oh, the Dave, don't the levels are that's too deep. That'd be getting <laughs> that'd be pushing it. But it's I mean, he's wrestling the MCW champ, so I'm assuming that's gonna be good. So mm. and again, I'm just like that's a PWA versus MCW happening on New Japan Tamashi, you know, like yeah, cool. It's cool, it's very good. Like man, Slex versus Aaron Solo. 
Yeah, it's all. Yeah, we're going to start that channel again. I, wanna, I hope it starts again. Oh, and Big Rich is on the show too, yeah? Yeah, Big Rich yeah. is on the show. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And Jake, yeah. is it Jake Taylor? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think those guys have got, they're wrestling the Philip boys. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Those dudes. It's a, awesome. and they, it'd be interesting to see how far they've come since we saw them last yeah. year. Well, last I mean, year. we watched, we watched, was it Stevie wrestle fucking Bandito? So, like, mm. um, but yeah, be interesting to see those guys in New, New Zealand Dojo Boys. So, um, I mean, that, I'm not joking when I, like, that Melbourne it's card is like, yeah, it's, it's good. a good card. Each match looks good. And, um, I think it'll, I think people will get a surprise at just how good. Australian pro wrestling can like is and yeah. under the New Japan banner where everyone's fighting for to be recognized and everyone know like Hanare is getting a main event. Yeah. You know, Caveman Argan and Hanare, they're gonna beat the shit out of each other. Oh fuck yeah. It's gonna be yeah. so stiff. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be so <laughs> stiff. And, <laughs> and it's gonna be Hanare trying to like this is this is what we asked for. Like Hanare he is not a big fish in New Japan, no. but he can be a main eventer in Tamashi and he can get an opportunity to showcase himself here. Yeah. He can be that. It's his opportunity to show it that he belongs in, at the top and he can carry a, a like he can carry a promotion. Okay, well here you go. Yeah. Here's a chance. Here's yeah. a shot. Because if you can't, there's Fletcher and Eagles behind Fletcher you that yeah. are just waiting to take, you know. So I'm excited, man. Me too. And you know, then there'll be like the mini vlog. <laughs> a mini vlog happening. Josh is fucking Less than less than one day. <laughs> less than one day in Melbourne somehow. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm paying for a fucking hotel room. I'll be in for about two and a half hours. So that'll yeah, be mad, great. Man. That's mad. Yeah, it'll be good fun. 